Hi, everybody. We are Matt and Kevin, and welcome to Season 2 of the Believe in Overwatch League podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Please like, rate, and subscribe to us on all your favorite podcast platforms. You can also find us on social media at Believe in OWL and Believe.com. This week, for the last episode of the season, we cover a hodgepodge of internet and gaming news and get ready for Season 4 of The League. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to the last week of this season of the Believe in Overwatch League podcast. We have been doing this season for 61 weeks, Kevin. Oh, my God, that's a long time. Uh, how how have you been in the uh, in the last week since we have casted? Um, it, it's been it's been a roller coaster, if anything. Um, first of all, I want to say a happy birthday. Uh, it was four days ago. Thank you. Your happy, birthday's in what, two weeks ish, right? My birthday is in 10 days. 10 uh, days. Oh, yeah, the 24th. Uh, yeah. The 24th. Um, but yeah, it's been it's been quite the ride. Um, I I got in a little fender bender, so I got to deal oh. with the insurance company. Um, yeah, cars on the freeway should not stop in the middle of the freeway. Um, that that should be that should be a go to. Um, but yeah, the, the, there was. Two cars in front of me that just slammed on the brakes, and I was like, "Oh, whoop! I'm getting after." Yes, I'll crash. Uh, yeah, so it wasn't it wasn't bad. It was just minor minor damage. Um, You're all right, right? I'm I'm good. I'm good. But okay, good. I, I hate the tunnels. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, that that's a small thing, I guess. For the for the rest of it, it's been really a really interesting week for me. Um, for like gaming stuff, I've been talking a lot more with red bull uh through my college and they're like hey we want to work with your college again because you guys were great and i'm like thanks that's a lot coming from red bull and i'm like are you gonna send me more red bull (laughs) 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 that's the that's question number two it's like oh dude i i like red bull and all but i i don't think i could inject it in my veins for you know every day for the rest of the year you know, you will um, become a literal Red Bull. Just I will it, literally it's gonna transform you. This is your yeah. superpower, Kevin. Yeah, I'm I'm Red Bull man. Um, all I do is I give people wings, and I don't get wings. <laughs> uh, that's just that's just how it is. But yeah, it was it's that. Um, and I picked up fitness boxing too. Uh, I played fitness boxing one for like seven months, almost like religiously. Um, and I that was when I was also on my keto diet. So I was like really thin and really ripped and now I'm fat and I'm like, mm, gotta lose weight. So I got fitness boxing too. And I was like, the the funniest part about fitness boxing is that they have songs that are pop songs, but they're like terrible versions of them. Is it like, like kids bop, but Nintendo fied? It's more like, uh, it's like karaoke versions of the songs, right? Wow. But yeah. like the first game had, had bangers like Funky Town. And uh-huh. party rock anthem, and uh, what they they had uh, a Maroon Five song, uh, Sugar, right? Uh-huh. And then I was like, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get fitness boxing too. And then the first thing that I did is I went into the songs and I'm like, okay, what what meme songs do they have on here? And they have Darude Sandstorm, and I'm like, oh my god, okay, you got me sold here. <laughs> like Darude yeah. Sandstorm, they have like Macklemore in there for some reason. I love uh, Macklemore. They yeah they had uh can't hold us they had uh girls just want to have fun uh it was just a bunch of just like okay 
these are the songs that I'm gonna box to a hundred percent. But I was really hyped when I saw Darude Sandstorm. I was like, I did not think that they would go in for the memes, but uh, that is that is just the way how it goes. Uh, but other than that, yeah, the week's been pretty pretty solid. Um, and yeah, looking forward to these next couple weeks and seeing what what goes on, not only in the league, but you know uh, what else is happening in life. Uh, how about you, Matt? How, how's everything going? Uh, and uh, how's health insurance uh, <laughs> buying um, off? <laughs> I'm not paying attention to that part yet. <laughs> I would rather not focus on it until I have dying. to. <laughs> and then it might be too late. So I guess I'll just die. I guess I'll just know? die. I yeah. guess I'll just die. Um, so for my birthday, we went to KBBQ, which was fantastic. Um, there we go. I ate way too much kimchi and beef and pork belly. Um, so that was fantastic. And then we had um, noodles at home because there's a Filipino like superstition that you eat noodles for long life on mm. your birthday and stuff. And then I had uh, a mango cake, which was like honestly the best cake I've ever had. It's just like just delicious chunks of mango on top of really fluffy, delicious sweet bread. Um, and then my friend Jim also got me a cake. So thank you, Jim. You're not listening to this, I know, but thank you for that. Also, that delicious caramel chocolate cake. My siblings got me. So remember I told you about the the craze we had about McDonald's cards, at uh, Pokemon cards at McDonald's? Yeah. So my siblings, harking back to that, got me a tin of Pokemon cards. So they got me the Blissey tin. Um with the the strong bond tin, so I had I got a couple cards there. One of them was a a, a shiny. It's like I can't remember. I don't want to open it now because it's I'd have to dig through like the box. But like, it was like a shiny legendary of like the legendary from um Moon. Uh, okay, wait, Thorlia Celestila? No, 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 Celestila is the Ultra Beast. Lunala. Yeah, that one. That one. So. Apparently that card's like worth ten bucks, so it's like okay, cool. I'm not gonna sell it, but I have it. Um, what else has happened to me in this? Oh, so the the show that I've been working on with Wondery as an assembler. So it's pretty much like I take the audio and I like cut it up and like I'll put it into a coherent story. It's called Secret Sauce, and it's about like the secret sauce that businesses have that make them successful. Um, the mm. first two episodes came out yesterday, I believe. They're on um the secret sauce of what made Airbnb successful. So if you you want to listen to entrepreneurship things that I'm working on. Um, that's the podcast. Um, let's see what else I've been like, it's just like my entire life is revolving around podcasts and zooming stuff at this point. Like Kevin, how often do you like zoom each week? Uh, zoom. I think I only use it. I think it's only for this. Really? It's only this. And Oh, if I'm at work, um, to do like work meetings. But other than that, so probably like maybe two, three times a week. Um, because most of my stuff that I do is actually through Discord. Um, ah, okay, okay. Yeah. Interesting. So like I'm on Zoom for like literally everything. I have meetings with um just a bunch of like a bunch of meetings for the podcast. I have to meet with the other editors for Finding Founders. We have this. Um, I also went on my first Zoom date, which was Whoa. weird. Like, yeah, like what do you what do you do for the date? We just talked. 
but it's okay. like, like I know I know for another podcast I listened to the Sporkful they were doing the like a Zoom date thing where they'd like buy the couple food from like the same restaurant and then they'd talk but it's like it's it's such a weird concept to me that uh-huh. like I mean I've I've done it I've been on a Zoom date but like it's the energy's so off you know how like you have to feed off the other person yeah. Sometimes? And then apparently, like, my sister could, the walls are pretty thin, and I talk really loudly just to make sure, like, the microphone's picking things up. Mm-hmm. But my sister this morning is, like, um, we were we were out getting bread from a Japanese bakery, um, and she's like, you should talk less. I feel like you talked too much. You need to let her speak. And then, like, I asked her today, he's like, hey, did I talk too much? He's like, no, you're fine. So, I don't know. But it was real weird. It was real weird. Kevin, guess what today is, though? uh the 14th um i have today on my calendar marked as the day that warrior tickets go on sale um what what is today today is the one year anniversary since echo released and also the day that the warrior tickets go on sale wow those are two (laughs) things that are important (laughs) but dude it's been a year since we've gotten a new character like really yeah does it feel longer or shorter to that than that to you? Because it feels shorter. Like yeah, it isn't... I thought we got her in like September, but I guess yeah. Wait, hold on. Yeah, it, I guess it makes sense because quarantine ate up that entire time, right? Right. So yeah. yeah okay. So if April twenty twenty, I guess that's when we got we got Echo. Yeah, April 14th, 2020, after that, five days after they announced her at BlizzCon, uh, they, they released her to us all. So, yeah, or was it at BlizzCon? I don't remember. They just announced, I know they announced her on the 9th and they, she came out on the 14th. So, um, yeah, so it's, it's, it's Echo, it's our Echoversary. Hooray. Um, hey. All right, Kevin. So this the news that we have this week for y'all is literally all over the place. I wanted to start something fun. So Kevin, you haven't opened the link yet, right? I have not. I don't I don't know what I'm doing. Okay. So IGN posted this thing. It's like uh, a thing that was released with Slotswise. I don't know what Slotswise is, but they teamed up with experts to make 3D models of what human hands could theoretically look like if they evolved to better fit video game controllers. So Kevin uh- Go on, open the link. This seems really, really bad. Uh, depending on the the controller size. I'm gonna I'm gonna post the the images to our Twitter, so in our Facebook. So don't worry, y'all. You'll see it. Um, but this is a lot. <laughs> whoa, whoa. Okay, wait. Hang on a second. Give Give me the play by play reacts, Kevin. I want to. Okay, hear first of all, why are the fingers so long? Like. <laughs> Do they really think we like claw grip like this? Like, uh, I I get uh, how big is that controller? Like, <laughs> it looks like a VR headset sized thing. It it looks like a big controller. Uh, I'm I'm gonna hold a controller in my hand for reference. Uh, this just looks weird. I don't. I I get. Wait, okay. I I understand it. I understand the reason why the fingers are long, but. But also, like, so the the pointer and the middle finger are excessively long, and yeah. then the ring finger and the pinky have now shrunk to little nubs. Yeah, I don't. And the thumb is just fat, just a fat, fat thumb. 
Yeah, I I guess I I get it because the main things that you are using are your thumbs and your fingers, and the rest of it is just to to grip the controller itself. But these things are creepy. Like, it's, like the last image is uh, is of them somebody holding the controller and playing. I mean, I feel like this is this is what someone conceptualized an alien would look like if they grabbed our controllers, you know? Yeah, like, this is not... This doesn't look correct. <laughs> I, don't, <laughs> it just I don't know how else to say it. Yeah, this is, this is why humans evolve with themselves and not to gaming consoles. Like, oh, the, the... I see what the problem is. They're playing cyberpunk. That's oh, why. yeah, that's, that's the big... worst part of this image. Although I do like cyberpunk, but that's the issue. They're playing cyberpunk. And I also feel like if you have hands like this, like this is fine for controllers. It makes sense. But like if you're playing PC games, this is like an absolute nightmare. Like right, it wouldn't work. It would not work at You'd all. You have to literally type with just three fingers. And even then, like your thumbs are probably just stuck on the space bar. Oh, God, this would be so like how this would be completely impractical for everyday life. Oh, yeah. Like. I you can't hold things like you couldn't hold a water bottle if your fingers were too small on one end. You could like, I guess like you become like a a bird, right? You only have the three three things, and you just gotta like claw grip everything, right? Mm-hmm. So like, I guess our pinky and our ring finger would just like disappear eventually, but I I don't think that <laughs> that's practical, you know. No, absolutely not. <laughs> like, I mean, if you wanted, like, the one other practical thing is you could, like, very, um, you could give someone a very emphasized middle finger. Like, you could a very emphasized, like, 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 this would be, like, the equivalent of a bolded flipping somebody off. Yeah. You could reach that spot in the back, like, in the middle <laughs> of your back. Oh, my God. Uh, that that's the plus of this but like other than that like th this is just this is the creepy hand uh who thought this was a good idea let's not evolve with our uh <laughs> let's not evolve with our controllers God, i'm looking at the comments this is my favorite those hands look like they're just they're designed for a prostate exam to be honest oh my god doctor no oh boy okay let's move on to to, that's enough horror for the day and I, i'm a horror fan but that's enough horror for the day <laughs> um okay so next story this is something that's come out it's not strictly overwatch related it's it's for our console plebs but um there have been reports that sony has been transitioning their focus like they've been shying away from greenlighting more indie games and they're focusing on more on what are termed too big to fail games like the triple a's like they're doing another remaster for The Last of Us for the PS5, which is kind of ridiculous since this game is how many years old now? And it was already remastered for PS4. Um, and that wasn't even too long ago. Um, so, Kevin, do you, have you heard the the phrase too big to fail before? Uh, I don't think so. I've, I don't I don't remember if. OK, there's a. Because that's what they said when the with the banks that the banks were too big to fail, and then it just threw us in this whole 
this whole messed up economy we've had for a little bit, but like taking a little bit of a page from that, focusing on things that are too big to fail doesn't seem like the best technique here, I would say. I feel like Sony, because of the thing that is a PS5, they're always looking for, you know, we want to focus on games that have that could take advantage of the software um, and everything, all the graphics processing that we have in the PS5. Um, So I understand it from that perspective of like, we want beautiful games on our consoles, but at the same time being like being closed minded and not allowing or not even focusing on smaller things um, might hurt them in the long run. Um, Just because, you know, some of the best games that we have are games that aren't necessarily like, oh, this is mind blowing, right? This would be cough, cough, Hades. Uh, like, yeah, like Hades, or even on a smaller scale, if you want to go like, um, like the Project Diva stuff. Like Persona Five didn't really utilize mm-hmm. everything. It was originally, you know, it was a PS3 game first that became a PS4 game. Uh, <laughs> so it's it's not utilizing all of the graphics to its fullest potential, but it's the story and gameplay aspect of it that made everybody love it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like if you close your ideas of like only focusing on triple A's, like, Hey, we're only going to be focusing on creating the best game for our console each year. Right. Um, the rest of the gaming companies who might be making smaller games might decide to go somewhere else. Like, I mean, I, I I do enjoy a lot of those AAA titles, but I mean, I've played Last of Us once. I've played the second one. Like, why do I need to play it again except, like, shinier, you know? And, yeah. and even then, there are other games you could probably remaster that haven't had the PS4 remaster already. Like, there's there's so much content out there that you have the IP for that you could revive that maybe like current gamers don't know about like everyone knows about the last of us everyone like and and the article does point out the article that i read i think it's it's the forbes one yeah it's the oh it's the ign one there's an ign article on it that i looked up but like even then like the games that they're they're focusing on now like the god of war reboot um and even the last of us when it first came out those were at the time those were risks um back i remember back when last of us came out it was still like that huge push towards just like call of duty was the thing that was dominating the market like i don't think overwatch had even no overwatch hadn't even come out yet it was ps3 so like that was a long time ago when when people weren't sure if single player games still had a market but then you had the last of us that took that risk and was huge and then with the reboot of god of war no one really knew if anyone had an appetite for god of war anymore and then it came out took those risks and it was huge. So, I mean, I feel like they ignored the le- they're ignoring the lesson here by just sticking with these games that have succeeded. Yeah, it sometimes switching it up on people is exactly what you need. Like it's always good to have variety, you know? It's good to have something that breaks the mold and that's what makes you unique and stand out in your own market. Um but if you're focusing on you know AAA games, you might lose out on taking the risk that could make your next big game. 
but Kevin, you have kind of the the anti side to the story, the antithesis of this, right? Yeah. So the antithesis actually came out today, which is the fourteenth. Um, there was a Nintendo Direct today that only focused on indie developing games that are coming for the Switch. Um, so the cool thing about this is like there's no big Nintendo announcements. There's nothing like you know Legend of Zelda, no Pokemon stuff. Um, it's just smaller games that they're willing to you know open up the platform for there's um there's a lot of games that you know at least i was looking at there's aerial knights uh aerial knights never yield which is a side-scrolling parkour um side-scrolling parkour game so that looks like a lot of fun ollie ollie world is skateboarding side-scroller adventure kind of like sonic the hedgehog oh but I get you're on a ollie. skateboard um there is no game uh there is no game is a game that has no game which is a it's just a bunch of like comedy-esque mini games but there's no like main story so is it like a warioware kind of thing it's kind of like warioware warioware so we'll see about that and then chris tales is another one that i was looking at that really caught my eyes uh it's a very stylized um turn-based uh rts so mm-hmm. no not rts um turn-based strategy um but yeah the, one of the weird mechanics that they were pushing was like uh the character has the ability to travel backwards in time so you could make enemies younger um which could either help or hurt them so it's really interesting to see that that's a it's another mechanic in the game um but yeah there's a bunch of just indie games that are coming out from nintendo um and they're opening it up for a bunch of developers, and I feel like that's very helpful for their their brand specifically. Mm-hmm. See, the thing about Nintendo is people are always like bashing them for for not really opening up to to bigger. Um, like this was especially like in the Wii era, like they're not they're not opening up to like bigger games. That, like, there's not this huge Call of Duty gaming like community on nintendo platforms um and they're like always sticking with their same characters not taking characters that like there's no kratos on nintendo but i mean it's working for them they're still around and and they're providing this platform for um for the indie games and i don't know like what what about nintendo do you think allow is allowing for this strategic move and and this continued support of indie games where like the big box ones now i guess we're if we're taking nintendo out of the big box stuff like pc and xbox and playstation like they're not they they're deciding to branch away from that i feel like it comes all the way down back to kind of nintendo's like train of thought or like their their big motto which was nintendo is always a family company first um it is a family like the first console was the famicom it's the family computer um which you know for us ended up becoming the the nes um but yeah the the famicom was supposed to bring families together and play you know games that are easy or um you know easy to get into so that's why I really respected what they had. Um, and they they always put family first. So when it came to like PlayStation, 
and Xbox when they were going head to head and PC, they're more catering towards, you know, that teen audience. That's what happened with, mm-hmm. you know, the Sega Genesis um, when they were focusing on like, you know, Sonic the Hedgehog, Mortal Kombat, like those kind of games where they're saying, OK, well, the Famicom, like the Nintendo stuff is for kids. Right. Um, but now they're approaching the teen market and now those teenagers are now grown up. Right. So that's now what like, you know, the PlayStation and Xbox and PC market is focusing on is, you know, the grown adults who grew up off of the games. But um, at the same time, I feel like there's no like there's a little bit of progression. Like there's some kids games on PC, you know, there's very few, you know, hardcore like adult games on the on the switch. Um, But yeah, for the most part, it is their mentality of like mostly kids games mostly family friendly games so they're i feel like they're more open to have everybody kind of be a part of the process of making games and then they have their own you know specific ips that they focus on and when they make games they they go for it i feel like this would be like a fantastic study and just like the evolution of, of focus on games, you know, just like a game historian yeah. could like really sink their teeth into this, like the shift in focus. Yeah, I feel like that's one specific piece that I took a history of gaming class in college, um, which should be a precursor for esports, but um, it wasn't. Uh, it was just an LA class. But yeah, I feel like there should be a focus on like, especially after the console crash of 85 mm-hmm. we should focus on like okay how did the gaming industry rebuild itself um and on top of that what were their focuses because because of that like it changes the way how we look at our consoles right like right you're if you're trying to play you know a crazy fps you're not going to go out and buy a switch right you're gonna you're gonna buy either a ps5 or you know an xbox one or what? What's it now? What's it at now? The Xbox uh, Series, Series X. X? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, you're you're focusing on those consoles. But if you want to play, like you know, Pokemon, like Pokemon Mario, uh, all the IPs that Nintendo owns, you're gonna get a Switch. That is just the way how it goes because those won't transfer over to PC. Um. So, I feel like that's the whole thing. It's you're playing, uh you're focusing on which consoles you want to get based on the games you want to play. Um, unless you're a gamer and you just get all of them and then you just <laughs> cry over how much they cost uh, later I mean, down the line. I but feel that I'm still that, waiting to buy my PS five. Yeah. That, that as well. I, I'm waiting for a couple more games. Like if a good game comes out that I'm like, Oh, I have to get that. Then I would, I would drop the money for it. Cause I know that there's a lot of people who, um, who do that quite a bit and for me my friends they're all like monster hunter like head players Mm. you know Mm -hmm. so the first one they're always like okay what console or what place can i go to play monster hunter on that will look the best and they're like okay right now it's surprisingly the switch has the latest monster hunter game so a lot of my friends that I know were like, oh, okay, we have to go get a Switch now because we have to go play this new Monster Hunter because 
that's the only thing that we got going on right now. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. They did that. Like when Monster Hunter Rise or Monster Hunter um the world? first one world, world came out. Yeah. Um not the first one but like when world came out they were saying like people bought the PS4 immediately and started grinding it on there. And then when it came to PC they they said, "Oh, we got to upgrade our PC. We got to have sick graphics." So they did that like I have friends who literally like one tricked monster hunter and figured out their console from there but like you know if you're if you're a very civil fan or you like animal crossing right you're not going to go on ps5 and go buy you know and i don't i don't know what the animal crossing equivalent is for the ps5 because there probably isn't one uh like the sims or something i don't know <laughs> but yeah you're just playing playing your game um depending on what games you want to play as player um but yeah the focus is really interesting do you think we'll ever see like xbox and and playstation and pc well maybe not as much pc because pc has like a, a lot more open um like open choice there but like with xbox and ps4 do you think we'll ever see a shift or is are we kind of stuck in this triple a thing for now i feel like we're i don't know if we're gonna get to that point where it becomes um you know different in that in that factor where xbox and you know ps5 or the playstation markets start splitting off of each other um I know that what they do is they do like, you know, exclu- like exclusives per like console, right? So like you have your your PS5 exclusives, you have your, you know, X series exclusives, right? Mm-hmm. Um you will never have, you know, Halo on PS5, right? And you will never have like a specific you know, specific games that came out for from Sony on the uh on pc or not on pc on um on xbox Xbox. so i feel like we are gonna keep having this war of like having these two companies go head to head but i never i don't think i will ever get to a point where one company will just say like okay well this isn't working out we're going to one trick something very specific Uh um like for example if like they let Sony have all like the story driven games like you know God of War uh like Tomb Raider all that stuff and then if Microsoft just says okay we're only going to focus on you know connectivity between players and you know the Bethesda. multiplayer yeah like only those like they'll they they might have that it might have to be an agreement between the two but I don't see that happening i honestly think that they're just going to keep butting heads until we have a we have something insane moving on to our next topic this is a little bit of a i guess a happier thing um so we we talked about like just more visibility for women in this esports space and now i guess 100 thieves is is a bit better than other organizations and that they finally have a woman co-owner so valkyrie who's a streamer i think she mainly does stuff like among us or something from what i've read but she is now one of the co-owners for a hundred thieves yeah and i'm really proud of this news as well i think you know ray is actually very forward thinking she's she knows how to command 
you know the streaming space very well and she uses her platform quite well um she was one of the players who played with uh jimmy fallon uh last week with toast and no not toast with Saikuno and corpse um but yeah we had this whole thing i, I remember like hearing the news and i was like oh ray now owns a part of 100 thieves and I'm assuming what this means is on top of 100 Thieves being very good in their esports columns, you know, where they're very good at um, right now they're focusing on their Valorant team, but they also have other teams across, you know, yeah. the esports world. I feel like Valkyrie being here as a potential owner might also boost what they're going to do on the streaming side as well. So, um, how can I say it? So, not like a full gaming house, but more of like constant streaming content going out from 100 Thieves as well as their esports scene. So more of a uh, dedicated like shift in focus. Like she's going to have her own world to play with now that she's an owner of 100 Thieves. Yeah, and I feel like that's really... It's a good way of expanding a, a team. Um, you have like your... And also, you know, if you want to do the branch thing where you have like your content creators versus your pros or, you know, mix up the teams and have a draft like that, that would be a really fun way of having, you know, free content. That's content for your streams. You have like your popular people who you have on Twitch face off against, you know, parts of your team or, you know, you have the old team captains versus new team captains and all that, all that and so forth. So, um, yeah, I feel like this is just going to be a... It's a really good step for 100 Thieves. Um, I'm wondering if there are going to be other, you know, kind of gaming streaming houses, um, hybrids that might be coming up in the future, but it's definitely something to look forward to. The, the thing is, like, yes, it's great that 100 Thieves is now has a woman owner, but, like, if it stops there, then that doesn't really... Like now, now that a hundred thieves has taken this step, are do you think other orgs might feel more comfortable, also, accepting women in more leadership roles? Oh yeah, for sure. I think that a lot of, a lot of teams, can be more open to this, and it's not about being closed-minded. I just feel like they have the they just they want the people who are best for the job, and Ray is great like ray is probably one of the best people if you're gonna have somebody who's gonna give you that that push um ray is very focused on that so i feel like if the gaming scene obviously opens up which it should um to more female not only just talent but also executives we will definitely see a shift and a more inclusive space and that's kind of what esports was originally built off of we took you know, people who weren't great at being, you know, outside sports people all the time, but really built our own community here. So I feel like once we start including more people, um, the scene itself will grow and everybody here would be a lot better off. And so speaking on the streaming end of things, this is a good segue. So I believe today it was announced that Twitch would expand its hateful conduct and harassment policy. And they're, um, they're partnering with an experienced investigations law firm to look into uh accusations of 
off-service and on-service misconduct. So even if the harassment that you're talking about isn't when they're on stream, streamers can still be liable for this. So um, there are going to be two categories of off-service enforcement. So first category, um, someone is harassed on Twitch as well as off Twitch. When this happens, we will take into account or we will take into account verifiable off-service behaviors or statements that relate to an incident that took place on Twitch. For example, we're reviewing a harassment report about an incident that happened live on stream. Related or continued harassment on Twitter could be taken into account when reported to us. This is how our current off-service policy works in the vast majority of cases and will not change. Now, category two. We will now enforce against serious offenses that pose a substantial safety risk to the Twitch community, even if they, these actions occur entirely off Twitch. Um, so th this expansion is now going to include the most egregious types of physical or psychological harm, including but not limited to deadly violence and violent extremism, carrying out or acting as an, in a, as an accomplice to non-consensual sexual activities and or sex, sexual assault, and sexual exploitation of children. Um, this seems like just reading that last bit, it's like that seems a little extreme, but I mean, at least it's now in like formal policy and writing. Like, I'm hoping those kinds of actions are not super widespread. Um, but, but like, I know we know for a fact that this has happened. This isn't a new thing, this isn't something that they're making up. Like, people like, um, I can't even remember their names right now and I don't want to, but the, we people in the Overwatch community have done it. So, yeah. I mean, Kevin, you know the streaming space better than me. Is Do you think this is going to have an impact on how people actually comport themselves or are they going to just like continue business as usual and if they get caught, then they're just going to like raise a stink about it like they always do? I feel like it's a mix of both here. Right now... I I don't know how Twitch is going to go about the investigated partner part of it where it's off you know off stream um like it's cool that Twitch is like cracking down on these things which is important for the space but I don't know how they would go legally you know into these kinds of things where it's like um for example, like if there is something about, you know, violence um, or, you know, sexual assault or misconduct, um, what is Twitch going to do about it on their platform? Right. Um, mm -hmm. they'll, they'll probably end up doing whatever and it's bad and, you know, Twitch will have evidence of it. But is Twitch like at that point, right, will there be? You know, he's just taken off of Twitch. Is that the only, only repercussion or only kind of punishment that they can deal? Right. Right. Um, they can't really do too much other than say, "Hey, they're doing bad things. We can take it to a court, or we could help." You know, X, Y, and Z. But other than like saying, "Okay, you can't stream on Twitch anymore," right? That's about the limit of what they can do. Uh they they don't really have the the push for that um but for the most part what they can cover 
in terms of like you know twitch harassment um so on and so forth um they they can take care of that because that is not only on their platform or you know affiliated with their platform they actually have enough power to change things on twitch or have their own power on their website to say like hey you know what you're you're violating terms of tos or community guidelines um and they have the power over their own website but i don't think they have anything else outside of twitch um where they could really like punish these people for doing what they did I'm thinking since I mean they're partnering with a law firm. I I I wonder if the if law firms have that same kind of mandated reporting thing that a lot of like like when you're when you're a teacher or when you're working with kids and stuff like you have there's this thing that it's called mandated reporting where if you suspect and you have like a good reason to believe that like a child is in danger you are mandated like you were required to report that to like child protective services or the authorities or or whoever within like i think 72 hours after whatever incident happens like what if if the child tells you about something like you're required to do that for the child's safety um and i i'm guessing like in the cases like they're saying here with like sexual exploitation of children um i'm guessing that they are going to be absolutely required to bring that to the attention of authorities but like in cases where it's not dealing with kids are they do they have that requirement or prerogative or the ability to to bring that up to like a court of law or is it just like because i don't know because how how involved does twitch want to be in these legal proceedings you know yeah i don't think twitch has that much weight in court for the most part they they can give definitely give evidence, but if they are teaming up with a law firm, it makes sense. Like, hey, we want to pursue this. But other than that, I really don't know if they have enough pull or anything to really do a lot. But this is at least a good step in the right direction, I think. I think that they're they're saying, hey, you know what? We want to make sure that our our Twitch uh, content creators are safe and if there is any misconduct whatsoever we want to make sure that we can get the right answer here yeah at the very least it, it puts a system in place and it acts as if anything as a deterrent because at any point twitch can say hey you're doing this stuff not like you're as a streamer like we have what can i say um he's it's saying like as someone who uses our platform, we we have a vested interest in ensuring that your content is not violent and doesn't reflect badly on us. So if we have any inkling that you as a streamer are doing illegal activities and harmful and violent activities, like we are going to take action against you. So that is a very good step. And considering just like how, how people people's behavior on the internet and how it can translate to real life like you see it all the time on crime shows like this is i think a very necessary step for them to take okay before we move into the overwatch stuff i did just you mentioned we've we talked about pokemon very briefly earlier but kevin do you collect pokemon cards 
Uh, no. So, I I have a I have a thing about this. I I collect Yu Gi Oh cards, and I play Pokemon. It's it's not helpful <laughs> in that fact. But yeah, I I like the art on Pokemon cards better than Yu Gi Oh cards. But you know, I played the game for too long. It's uh, mm-hmm. already in my blood. How hard is it to like find Yu Gi Oh cards places? Like card shops? Card shops are like just Walmarts and or Targets are just everywhere. It, it's pretty difficult. Uh, not gonna lie, because the way how Yu Gi Oh releases packs and stuff usually it does go to like a specified card shop, um, and then or you know like a Target or something, but. It's getting a lot lighter because of the pandemic. Like, not a lot of people are obviously going out and picking up a pack, you know, on the way home or buying a box worth. Um, but yeah, it's harder now. But I also feel like it's because of, and we can get into this later, but it's definitely the tournament atmosphere. There used to be, like, when card games were physical. Like you could still be like across from somebody and play them. Like card shops were flourishing just because of, you know, the the interaction. It's like hanging out with a bunch of friends on a on a Saturday or Sunday, um, just to you know enjoy a game. Um, but because of the pandemic and a lot of other aspects, like you know cheating, uh, cheating during tournaments, stealing, theft is a l- really big thing in card card mm, games. I can imagine. I mean, some of these uh, cards. Yeah, it it's just really, really pushing a lot of tournaments and stores that I know um, to stop holding in-person tournaments. So, mm-hmm. you know, a couple, you know, a, a few bad apples ruins a barrel. So it's the way how it goes. Like, you know, you have a couple of people stealing, you know, thousands of dollars worth of cards out of somebody's backpack. Um and then you have, you know, an investigation. You have to check police footage and so on and so forth. And nobody wants to do that. Uh, so it's so involved. The reason why a lot of card games have stopped being physical. But um, yeah, uh, when it comes down to Pokemon, they they had the smartest idea, the big brain idea of having a full dedicated, you know, Pokemon TCG game. So you can buy online packs, you know, and get your cards there, and then competitively online okay so because the reason why i'm asking is because like i my after my siblings bought me this tin like they apparently they drove five hours around on my birthday to find this um but like it's impossible to find pokemon cards anywhere yeah and i feel like you have to either go online and buy them from like a specific you know, card vendor or online, or be like um, right there when they like put restock them. Yeah, um, I remember seeing a thing that was posted on Twitter a little bit ago where they were saying, uh, due to scalpers recently, um, like purchases of MLB, NBA, and Pokemon cards were limited to two per customer. Um, oh, see, we got lucky in our target; it's three. Yeah. So yeah, they they have those pieces in place because of the, <laughs> believe it or not, it's because of the pandemic once again. Um, but 
for the opposite reason. So at first, you know, we bought cards because we wanted to play against each other live, right? Um, mm -hmm, right. When we we're in a tournament setting. Well, what's happening now and the reason why they're blowing up is because everybody's buying them to collect them and do box opening videos now. So there'll be streams like I've I've watched a couple of streams. I'm addicted to them. I'm not going to lie about it uh, where people will buy like two thousand dollars worth of cards right in packs and they'll have like they'll have like a stack of like a few like probably like 20 boxes of cards right mm. and they'll just shred them open they'll just open them up on stream they'll they'll open them they'll show what they have in it right um the the heartbreaking ones are the ones where like people can donate to have somebody cut a pack in half before they check the contents those ones those ones are oh. scary where it's just like you can literally damage a like a couple hundred dollar card uh oh <laughs> If it's the wrong pack, right? So right, right. It's uh, it's pretty insane to know that that's a thing. Damn. What is the most expensive card you have? I have. Mm. Like I can, I can check the check the prices. I can definitely get back to you on that. Right. Let me let me check the top hundred Yu-Gi-Oh cards, and I'll tell you if I have one of them. All right. Well, as you're checking, we we can continue talking. Um, moving on. So this this is a fun one. If you're not 18, please cover your ears and just skip forward like five or so minutes. So Kevin, our, our beloved Overwatch has generally been um, the king of of, of PH uh, that that website we all know. Um, but but I guess not anymore. Uh, Overwatch has been dethroned. According to, I, can't, I haven't been able to find this website, but it's called Yosoi Un Gamer by Among Us, of all things. Uh, how does that make you feel? I don't know how to feel about that. Where does the, uh, uh, where does the pH happen? How, how does, they don't even have arms. Like, <laughs> They don't have arms. Like we don't know what they look like underneath. We don't even know if they're human. Yeah, exactly. Like they, they. I mean, definitely the imposters are not human. So, uh, yeah, I don't really think that that should that should not be number one. Uh. And I mean, like, of we, I haven't been able to verify this, but if it's real, I'm very confused and concerned like i'm not yucking your yum Let, let's let's be let's be real about that i'm not trying to yuck your yum i just want to know why or do i want to know why no i don't i don't want to know why <laughs> i'm just i'm just confused like what's going on like why uh it at first you think oh it's among us it's fine but then you realize what site it is and you're like oh excuse me like <laughs> I don't think I asked for this. <laughs> uh, no, I mean like, yeah, yes, the yes, internet rule thirty four says like it exists, but it doesn't have to for every scenario. Like, there's and some great for it to be the most popular too is kind uh -huh. of like okay, it makes sense for it to be like it's popular, but 
Yeah, Rule 34 should not apply to, like, sprite art like this. Right, right. Um, I mean, there's, there's some really, really great Among Us content out there. Like, there's a guy that I've seen who does, like, who did, like, a horror animation of um, Among Us. And it was it was so good. Like, so realistic and fantastic. Um but but this is not the content we want. Yeah, we just just keep it keep it normal, please. Like you're allowed to be into this kind of thing, but for for that many of y'all to be into that kind of thing, it's a little okay. <laughs> anyway, let's move on before we get too bogged down into this. If so, if y'all if y'all left to to be responsible underaged under 18 people you can come back now um so overwatch things um apparently there has been a problem with people cheating a, a newer problem with people cheating that apparently somehow they're using workshop codes in competitive to cheat it's incredibly creative but it's like it's it's real stupid like this this is on Caffrey's stream so apparently there's there's a way that people are like able to put in game workshop modes where like you won't even see their health bar so like they won't die and things like that or like as a tank you can get one shotted by a mccree things like that so i don't know if overwatch themselves are aware of it but this that's just something to um be cognizant of in your games that like i mean we all love workshop mode we've had some great uh community made modes because of it but i mean if it's there people are going to abuse it you know yeah um and this is one of the other things as well that i was discussing or that i saw earlier um blizzard has this really weird like line i think where they they don't show the videos of exploits or how to do it um, even if it is in an educational fashion of saying like, hey, you should you should look out for these things because they are exploits and let Blizzard know about it, right? Mm -hmm. um, because they're always afraid of, hey, if somebody watches your video, learns how to do it, then they won't, they'll, they'll start abusing it in their own games and you're just spreading that as well. Yeah. Um, that, that's the reason why, you know, somebody like this guy's toast uh, discusses, you know, his his relationship with Blizzard is kind of in a weird spot. Um, but yeah, I feel like if you are using cheats and there's a way how they figure out how that works, um, Blizzard's definitely going to take a look into it and try to figure out how to how to clean it up. So yeah, let's just hope that they figure out what specifically is happening um, in these games and hopefully they're able to keep the workshop mode, the workshop mode and able to uh switch over the other side um and keep you know competitive as competitive right and now for the biggest news of the overwatch stuff um friday our games come back we have the league again yay this is going to make my life infinitely more busy and an even bigger use of my free time but i mean i'm excited to see how the league is going to take what it's learned last year and move it 
into this year now that they've had that whole year of experience playing during a pandemic and playing over um like playing over long distance you know yeah um this is going to be really interesting and really i'm happy to see these games go off but i'm i'm a little confused about the schedule i'm looking at it now um Mm. i don't know what encore means what does it mean by philadelphia fusion versus soul dynasty encore (laughs) is that saying it's like a rematch like they literally just played one full series and they're gonna go again like this what like <laughs> like it says that for both philadelphia fusion games they philly has the soul dynasty at 5 a.m our time as well as 9 30 a.m our time um and then same thing again philly has the valiant twice uh so i don't know if that's like a rerun i hope it's a rerun um and not like a rematch because that would <laughs> that gives mm-hmm. the teams no no way of breathing or figuring out hey we gotta we got how to adjust on the fly to those kinds of things you know but yeah the league has a lot of solid good games that we were looking forward to at least to start off the season Battle of um, Texas. We were, we were mentioning, yeah, the Battle of Texas. You have the Houston Outlaws versus the Dallas Fuels as the opening match. Um, but you also have the LA Gladiators versus the Shock on Friday. That's another one that I was definitely looking forward to. Um, Saturday's games, you know, Philly versus Seoul. I feel like that was another good one. Um, and if the Encore means anything, it means that they're going back to back. We'll also see, like, a lot of these teams go you know, like kind of show off their new rosters and how they operate. This is like the first time, you know, at least for SF, a bunch of like new players that we have to get used to. Like the Gladiators really buffed up their roster as well. So that's another thing to look out for. Um, But, you know, early predictors change everything once, you know, the season actually starts rolling out. Uh, That's exactly what happened with the, like, oh, they have Siegel XQC. Uh, they have a bunch of like really good, solid, like ta- top tier, like Overwatch talent, uh, and then they just kind of fell apart at the seams. So um, it's kind of unfortunate how that's the way how they go about it. But um, yeah, hopefully it can be something better later down the line. Mm-hmm. And so the season overview is—I mean, the season's going to be hosted by YouTube Gaming as well. Um, you can also watch on the Overwatch League website, and I believe that's going to be probably your best bet to get um, the League tokens. Also, if you watch it live, you can earn a spray designed by Zoe. Um So April to May, we're going to have our May Melee Tournament. For May to June is our June Joust. June to July, the Summer Showdown. July to August, our Countdown Cup. August to September is the playoffs, and the Grand Finals will take place in September. So that's what we're looking oh, yeah. at for the season. We're we're doubling down on um, Monty's idea of having a a, a tournament circuit or a cup circuit. So they've learned from last year that they're doubling down on that. So at least that's being incorporated. I feel like this is also a really good structure in general because oh yeah. Um, I mean, if you want to take off of one of the biggest esports, um, 
Dota didn't start incorporating like a circuit until a couple, I, I would say like 20, I want to say 2016 or 2017. Um, but the second that they introduced more like mini tournaments throughout the, uh, throughout the year, it didn't become like a one-time event where everybody's like, oh, we only tune in for, you know, playoffs and grand finals only. Um, like how some big sports do as well. Like sometimes you don't watch the entire sports season. You only watch, you know, who's going to win it all and when it matters the most. Yeah. But having these mini tournaments, it's like, okay, who is the best during this time, um, during this specific patch? Um, and then seeing if, you know, things change towards September or if it's the team and talent that really brings it home. I mean, yeah, like we, we saw last year, like each tournament, like with each meta shift, with each new patch, like for the most part, I think with the exception of um, the Shanghai Dragons, like for the most part, it was a new champion every time. So I, I'm hoping to see that continue this year where like, like you said, like each tournament matters, each new patch matters, each everything is different. Um, so another thing about this upcoming year of games is like while at least here in the West, uh, in the NA region, we're not going to be having anything live. It's just all going to be remote for the foreseeable future. In China, however, they are going to have um, at, le at least three live tournament-based events. Um, I guess in China, COVID is under control enough to the point where they can afford to have limited capacity and live events the five teams in China, so the Chengdu Hunters, the Los Angeles Valiant, um, the Hangzhou Spark, the Shanghai Dragons, and the Guangzhou Charge will all be having tournaments. And I guess the three teams in South Korea, the Seoul Dynasty, New York Excelsior, and Philly Fusion, are not actually going to be traveling to China for these events. Like The Chinese teams will still play on stage, um, but they will play remotely. So for, I guess, the June Joust the summer showdown and what was the other one the countdown uh, cup the countdown cup it looks like for those three events they're at least going to have um things in person so i still think it's risky um one like one bad thing and then you've just infected all these people and then you've pushed back opening for I think even farther back because people are going to be a lot more wary. So I yeah. to, on one hand, I'm glad to see that people are, are trying to return. I'm glad to see that they haven't, the overwatch league hasn't completely abandoned the homestand model, but I think it's too early. Yeah. I feel like there's a lot of things that we are, that we all have to take a little bit of a caution towards. Um, whether it is like for me, you know, I was looking at physically being in the venue, um, but for certain events like, you know, Overwatch League and stuff like that, you do have to take into consideration the number of people as well as the spacing. So even though like arenas are opening up, there's still only like, I think it's only 70, not, not even 70. It's like 35% capacity or something like that right now. Um, at least in Oakland. So we have to figure out how, you know, how they feel about that. And hopefully there's not like a widespread, widespread case of anything happening there, you know? 
Um, you want everybody to be safe during the reopen, but at the same time, you do want to at least have, uh, have something to look at. Do you think that the NA region is going to get any live events this year? This year, I don't know. I'm not a hundred percent like confident in uh this year. I I would like to. That that would be a lot of fun, but I don't know if we have that ready to go. You know, yeah. um, I would much rather have uh. I would much rather have safe, like, you know, online events, like what we have right now, at least for the league, um, compared to not having, not having it be safe enough for everybody to come back, you know? Right, right. Like, have a, have a big open and make a big deal out of it when everything is certain, kind of. Yeah, it, it's way better to have... To be safe um, and enjoy, you know, the, the spectacle that you're going to go and that you're going to go to yeah. um, rather than not enjoy it and just hate the way how it looks, you know, mm-hmm. like I can't imagine the optics of it all. Of like you have this big grand ceremony and opening up and then it's like, oh, wait, guys, never mind. We have to shut down anyway. Whoops especially going into live events like this, you want to have your fans there and that's what kind of drives, um, drives the players as well. But at the same time, you want to make sure that everyone is safe. And, um, for, for the thing I could at least mention here, like I was talking about going to a live game. Mm -hmm. Um, they have COVID screenings. They're going to do COVID screenings prior. If you don't already, if you're not already vaccinated, um, they require a, you know, a COVID test to be done um, prior to arrival. So that is important for them um, for safety as well as for the safety of everyone else in the, in the arena. So it's going to be really interesting to see this all come together, you know? Yeah. And so for a contenders aspect of the upcoming 2021 stuff, um, we we actually talked about this previously. Like we we've been look we were thinking about like what is a perfect place to get people all in one location so that they could play. And like they they're not going for the whole APAC and North America region that like we were thinking about, but like at least for the top I think fifty teams of North American contenders, um the the contenders league is looking I think I don't I think this is certain they're going to be putting them all in Hawaii to minimize that latency. So like, they're not going to be in the same room, but they'll essentially be playing as on as minimized a, a server disparity as they can possibly get. Yeah. And we were mentioning this um, earlier as well, that we wanted to have, um, if, if tournaments were going to go between, you know, the APAC region and the NA region, Hawaii is literally between the two. Um, and you can make that kind of like the hub of esports, um, at least for this side of the world. 
Mm-hmm. Um, you can kind of just have everybody go into one place and enjoy that. So I hope that we get that. Um, and yeah, if it happens to be in Hawaii, I mean, beautiful location. Right? Beautiful Imagine venue. like you get to go to Hawaii and just be there for work. Yeah, it's be there not only like, and then as a viewer, if they're going to allow us, allow the, you know, viewers to show up, you know, it's it's even more fun in that phase. Right? Like, there's worse places to be put in quarantine. There's worse places to, like, be forced to play. Um, and so this thing is called Project Aloha. It's going to, um, there's going to be, a, it's called, there's a subterranean solution to solve server slowdowns. So, I guess it, uh, it decreases that server lag between uh, Tokyo and Hawaii. So those are going to be both of our server locations. So Tokyo for the APAC region, Hawaii for the NA region. Um, it's going to be under 100 milliseconds of, of lag, whereas opposed to 200 seconds between Tokyo and the east coast of the United States of America. So I think that's as best you can possibly do in, in this situation given like this is props to the, the contenders league. Like you, you found a good solution. I think here, I think you, you, you've got a good thing going. Just don't mess it up. Anything else we want to talk about? I mean, like the archives event is still going on. Kevin, did you play anything at all? Um, I'm trying to get friends to do the archives event. Um, the, the friend group that I usually go with, they tend to do it, like, the day of the Switch. And then, like, if you if you don't catch them at, like, the exact time that the new patch drops and, like, they have their own five stack, they're, they're never on the game. So I'm like, okay, I'll catch you on the next one, I guess. Yeah. So um, that might be happening today. Um, I might try to go and get my skins. And it's kind of weird how it's, you know, it's still the star system, right? So you have to yeah. play, you know, the archives missions, um, especially when we're we're so used to just doing like six stacks and trying to just win our games. Um, having to do, you know, the online like actual game thing makes it kind of kind of difficult. I forgot like I was I I think I was like one one or two stars away. I forgot to finish the Lucio one. So I did not get. Sons of Anarchy Lucio skin. Oh yeah, I didn't either. I <laughs> I, I was gonna try for it, and then I was like, uh, "Do I really need this right now?" And the answer sadly was no. So I'm just like, okay. Um, I might try for subaquatic, you know, Zen. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I need to get a uh, call your manager Mercy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just for the memes. But honestly, like it's just uh. It's an interesting event. I feel like there's not, you know, there's not a lot added to it. No. Not really. But at the same time, like, we know that they're just trying to hold us over for the the big the big announcement, whatever that happens to be for next year or whatever. But just keep us updated, please. I, I want to see what you guys are up to. Yeah. As always, just like, if we knew, if we could, like, see the progress going on, we'd be more excited. But you're like, Radio Silent is not the way to treat us, fam. Um... What was I going to say? I was going to say something. Oh, yeah. So they only gave us the three newer um, challenge modes. I've beaten the first, the, the second two. Um, the only one I haven't done is the Unbreakable Barriers one, just because 
I, I don't know about you, Kevin, but out of all the archives events, I've always found Uprising to be the hardest, and the other two are just, for me at least, significantly easier. Okay, well, I feel like it's also a longer version compared to every other one. Yeah. Just, like, in terms of actual length of the mission, like, Uprising feels like, you know, you have to start in the subway, and you go all the way back to, like, the attacker's first spawn, and then you gotta take it all the way to the end, right? Right. So, it just feels like a lot of stuff. Meanwhile, like uh, retribution, I think, right? This is number two. Yeah. Um, retribution straight a straight line, right? Like you go from you go from the bank or you know the the safe first, uh, and then you break your way out, and then you go all the way to uh to McCree's part time job, <laughs> and then uh yeah, that, that's a pretty straightforward shot. And then you know Storm Rising kind of has the same thing where it's still one track. But, you know, Havana is just a long map in general. And I really, mm-hmm. I don't know. I have mixed feelings about Havana. Um, but for the most part, yeah, I feel like Uprising just takes the most time. And it's kind of annoying in that factor. Plus at the very, like, I'll get to, like, the very last fight. But you're, th- you're going against, like, what, three Bastions plus, like, a tanky Bastion that comes at you from behind. And then, like, how many Orisas and then the shieldy ones. It's just, and the fact that you can't break through those shields, it's just, it's very hard. It's ridiculously hard to do. But, like, I've gotten pretty far using a Sombra just to hack them down, so. It's, it's a little difficult, but I, I'm determined to beat it by the end of this event. Anything else we want to talk about, Kevin, before we call it a week? And call it a season, actually. Yeah, we're calling it a full season here. Um, In, in terms of Overwatch, just make sure that you get your uh, get your skins if you really want it. Get it done. Um, I I I don't have teammates anymore, so I gotta drag people into a server to get it done. Yeah, just have fun. Have fun. Just go out there, have fun with Overwatch. And I know that for me at least, uh, not every game has to be tryhard. I I think I talked about it last week. Uh. <laughs> It it was really weird because my friends were like, "Kevin, you got to you could you could calm down right now. You know that, right?" And I'm like, "Wait, <laughs> what do you mean?" It's like, "Kevin, you went full coach mode, like not like it's not a bad thing, but you went like full, you know, coach mode here." And I'm like, "Oh, uh, sorry, <laughs> did not mean that." Um, but yeah, just just have fun with your friends. Unless they are tryhards, then you know you, you can give each other you'd roast each other a bit. But yeah, for the most part, get your skins, have fun. Remember, the season starts this weekend. Um, catch which games you want to catch. I know I will, and I will see you guys then for sure. Yeah, um, yeah. Have a great weekend, guys. Also, I found out what else I'm doing that's Zoom related. I'm in another Zoom play. It's a choose your adventure Zoom play. I'm playing a boomer mafia grandpa that abuses Gen Z slang. So if any of you want to watch that, it's um, are we closed this weekend? So friday saturday sunday take a look at it It, it's it's a fun little show you get to see me be ridiculous um aside from that thank you guys for listening to this season we will be back at you next week with the beginning of our next season and that means as uh, as since this is an anime overwatch league is an anime that means a whole nother uh theme song and intro song music so look forward to that all right guys thanks and we will see you for next season Adios.
Next week, we'll kick off our new season and break down the first games of the Overwatch League. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you like what you hear, please like, rate, and subscribe to us on all your favorite podcast platforms and follow us on all social media at Believe in OWL. Questions or comments? Please send us an email at believeinowl at gmail.com. If you'd like to advertise with our show, please contact our network at believe.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.